Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your girl, Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today, we are thinking about God speaking through people, and that is a good thing to think about because you never really know. But luckily for me, I have a special guest on my show named Norm, and he is going to provide us some great information and his perspective and his thoughts on this matter. Thank you so much again, Norm, for coming on my show. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So biggest question, how many people came into your life speaking to you until you finally realized, you know what, this has to be God. (laughs) You you know, many, many, many over the years, but I refused to listen. You know, many people throughout. So I was basically not an atheist, but I guess an agnostic um, until I was 50. Right. And, but I, but there was a lot of people that came, you know, saying, Hey, you know, come to church with us or do, do this, do that. And I see, I was a police officer and I saw so many horrible things that I had a really difficult time believing that there was a loving God with all the bad stuff happening in the world. So that's why I kind of refused those invitations. I think I thank you for that honesty because I've seen that over and over again on like TVs and how they portray it. Like you've seen evil being done on people, and it makes you question like how can there really be a loving God and a caring God if there's so much evil that's being done? And it's nice to hear someone that was in your field just straight up be honest. Like, yeah, it's hard. I mean, you see some really crazy stuff where it's like, yo do you even think about doing that and I could only imagine the stories that you have because goodness I mean if you don't mind me sharing if you don't mind sharing what was was that one story I mean with that one experience for you in your 25 years of working as an officer what was that one that was like oh my goodness what is going on <laughs> oh I mean there's several there's two that really stand out one is I was barely working maybe four months and there was a plane crash and the plane crashed on December 23rd into a, a shopping mall less than 50 yards from where Santa was with, with the kids in line. There was, I think there was like 14 dead and 70 some odd wounded. And when I got there, it was just a, such a horrific scene. And those, those visions are just um, melted in my mind. And uh, that's something that I could never get over. And the second one is that we, I was on the SWAT team for a long time and there was a gentleman who was having marital difficulties and he ended up taking his kids hostage uh, because he didn't want to get divorced. He didn't want the wife to take the kids. And we were waiting and waiting. And finally um, he ended up shooting both the toddlers and himself and um, coming into that. It was just horrible also. And the, these yeah. things, you know, and I'm not here to advocate cops or, or anything, but the yeah. back in those days, I started in 85. So th- back in those days, there was no um, allowing to process things or, or, or talking to a psychologist. It was okay. It's over with, you know, call the corner, go to the next call, you know, so you really had no time to process it. And that's how through all, all these, these things, and I'm not saying that I'm, I'm any better than anybody else. I I went through cops nowadays are seeing the same thing with all these uh, mass murders and shootings and stuff. But if you don't have time to actually process these traumas, it's going to weigh on you. And eventually it did. And it it developed into an opioid addiction for me just to 
cope with the everyday anxiety and panic attacks. Yeah, I, I, I that that's understandable. I mean, you kind of have to figure out an outlet. And because at that time you didn't have God in your life because you didn't believe in him. I mean, where are you going to go to? You're going to go to the world. You're going to go to the world to tell you, here, stuff your face, stuff your face, and you'll be fine. Repress, repress, repress. And it's like, you cannot because you turn into a ticking time bomb, you know, and it's hard. It's really hard to face life when you can't really face it, you know, and especially during that time, those years ago where you it wasn't normal you know just like you said it wasn't normal to talk about your your experience with others and sometimes with laws in place you weren't even allowed you know you couldn't even tell besides with what media was allowed to actually tell the world so what you experienced was very personal and vulnerable and I I think my big my next question is was it was it something repetitive that God was speaking through other people to you that you finally realized like okay I gotta get a clue because for me it was like something repetitive 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 and it would just be with random people but for you what was it for you? Well, I was stubborn. I was really stubborn. So what it took for me was uh, eventually through a bunch of other life circumstances. I mean, I got this um, um, incurable disease. My daughter got sick and she got uh, she had liver tumors and she had a poor prognosis. It was all through these things that really led me down a horrible path and uh, suicide attempts and then some criminal activity, which um, made me get arrested as a cop. So it was then that God finally stepped in. Right. I mean, when I look back now, I see several people that have tried over the years to to say hey let's come to church hey you know if if you have God in your life you're gonna have the peace you know come on now you know that's ridiculous that's you know so but sometimes God allows you to go in in these deep trials where you're so low that you have nothing to do but look up you know and, and ask for help and that's that's how God got me and it was the the um the openness that I shared and then a pastor eventually um called me and he just uh, um he offered his his services of counseling after my arrest and I bailed out and it was through him where he basically invited me to the church and I kind of blew him off because I again I was you know I wasn't really interested in God but what he did was really amazing um uh, so he invited me to the church I said you know maybe I, I wanted to be, didn't want to be mean yeah maybe and he goes well can I pray for you before I hang up. I said, sure. You know, in my mind, I'm like making fun of him. Yeah. Knock yourself out, dude, whatever you want to do. But what, what, but what happened is he said the sinner's prayer, right. And I had no clue what the sinner's prayer was because I knew nothing. I knew nothing about God. I mean, I was raised in a Christian family, but we went to church like once, you know, on Easter once every two or three years. So um, at the end of the prayer, he said, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and savior? And I, I didn't know what to say. So I just said, sure. So we hung up uh, and, and at this time I'm just like a, a week off of being um, arrested and, and been sent to County and then came home and I was a basket case. And my wife looked at me after that phone call and she said, you know, something wrong. And I go, no, I, I actually, I feel kind of better. So we talked about it a little bit and she had grown up um, Catholic all her life and she believed, but she knew my, opinion was so strong that she didn't you know didn't want to get in a fight with me over it and she said well maybe this is what's missing out of our life is god 
And so I opened up, I said, okay, let's, let's try it and see. And, and I think that's how I believe that God has a plan of purpose for everybody. Right. And, and his plan for me was, was developed before time. Right. Mm -hmm. So I didn't come voluntarily. Right. So he allowed situations in my life and he allowed um, my poor decisions and my unbelief to get me in trouble. You know, he doesn't cause this stuff, but he, he allows it because he sees what's going on in the future. Mm -hmm. So I started going to church and I, I love, I loved it. It was, it was great. And I started realizing the, the damage that trauma does, whether it's police stuff, whether it's a rape, whether it's um, it, being a victim of a crime, divorce, Divorce is a traumatic event for a lot of people, a child abuse, all these things. Because I started talking to people, people that I would never have made, been in contact with in my job. But now that I wasn't, you know, God was putting these people into my life to tell me their story. And I think not only do, do does God talk to you through people like saying, okay, come to church or whatever, but I, I think he was preparing me for a, a job in counseling, right? Because I never knew why people committed crimes. And then when they, they told me their story about being abused as a child and parents were drug addicts, alcoholics, whatever, you know, so it, it touched my heart and that led me toward, toward the counseling thing. So when, um, when I was, I finally, I pled guilty cause I, I did do the things that they said, um, I was sentenced to prison. And when I got to prison, God, God knew exactly what he was doing. Right. He threw me into, uh, it was, um, Texas, um, Dallas, Texas was a, a federal prison where they had a big chapel. And in this chapel, they actually had um, a um, seminary that came in and taught, right? So I kind of, okay, I see what you're doing. So I, I followed God, God's leading and I ended up getting a degree in theology and then a doctorate degree in Christian counseling. Um, and even the chaplain there allowed me and another guy that were going through the same program to counsel the, some of the inmates there. So I could see God leading me, you know, and that's every time I got mad about something like then I got transferred to another prison. I was kind of mad. I was like, God, why are you doing this to me? You know why? And then all of a sudden, bam, there comes the, the OK, all right, I got, I, I got you. So I, I believe that's how he speaks to us. Right. We have a plan and purpose and he is leading and guiding us through the Holy Spirit. But we have to listen. Right. If we don't listen. Yes. And that that's, I think, was was my problem at the at the very beginning. I wasn't listening. And I think that's the, the problem with most Christians is they pray for what they want to pray for, but they don't take the time to actually listen to God's word. Yes, I like I like that point that you said right there. And not only do they pray for what they want to pray for is that they think he's a genie. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That they're, he's just going to give you whatever that you wish for. And he will to a degree, but. I believe your heart has to be in the right place. It has to be set up in his will and his purpose and his guidance to where ultimately he wants you to be in. And I love the fact how you said that he, he, he had a plan in the long run, but I could only see it right here in front of me. And I think that's the problem. We're all so stuck with what's in front of us that we can't really see the long term. Because imagine if God actually gave you gave you a glimpse of what was going to happen in the future you would have been like ha, that's a joke because your mind wasn't in there your mind wasn't ready to receive that information and I truly think that when you align yourself where finally God needs you to be you are able to really and 
like be that person that God is speaking through for another person. You know what I mean? You are able to be that open vessel for God to be, to use you in the direction that you need to be. And it's crazy because when you do go to church, you're right. You don't meet, you don't, you would never ever talk to the people that you talk to when you're at church because your paths don't cross. You know what I mean? Not what you because everybody, when they go to, when they're not in church, they're focused on work, on home and, and home stuff and their family stuff. And then that's it. They don't care about anybody else in the world. So when you have church and you speak to other people and their testimonies, you really see the living God in other people's lives. You know what I mean? You see that no matter how unworthy we think that we are, God sees that we are still worthy. And it's beautiful when you said that I had to make my own choices. And I think free will is the biggest thing that people forget about. Like we have a choice to do and to think and to act on certain things. And it's a choice if you want to do bad. And it's a choice if you want to do good. And the more good that you do, the closer to God that I, I believe, the closer to God that you eventually get to the relationship and the bond and it becomes a whole different level, a whole different level. So I guess once you actually guide into the ministry, into the prison system, what was your biggest challenge when speaking to other people in the prison system and in other inmates? Um, I guess my, that's word. <laughs> it, it was my profession, right? Because inmates do not like cops. So that was that was the the biggest. But like you just said, testimonies are so strong, right? So if you've got somebody that like guys would come up to me and 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 it try to intimidate, right? And and it, it's the way you interact with people in in the way you say things, not really what what you say. I, I would be able to get them to to open up and tell me their story, right? And then then I would tell, tell them how God worked in my life. And it, it's just amazing how when you're going through such a trial, how you are open to, to listening to it. But reading the Bible, I mean, it's great. And I, I encourage everybody to read the Bible. But if you're new to, to, to Christianity, you, you want to hear from people who've experienced God, just like you just said, right? So when you people like me or, uh, or other people tell their testimony and say, Hey, this is how God worked in my life. I didn't even believe in him, you know, and all of a sudden, bam, he hits me over the head and I'm, you know, I'm a true believer. And, and like you, you said, when we make our own mistakes, a lot of times, well, Romans eight twenty eight says it, that, you know, uh, all things will work for the good if you love God. So I truly believe that when we do make mistakes that we shouldn't always just be so hard on ourselves, right? We should yeah. realize that we're, we're flawed and, and, but God will, will change that. So in other words, my, he, his, my, his plan for me, and he knew what I was going to, he knew was, I was going to fall. Right. And, and, and often I even think it might've been orchestrated because there was just so many things that the, the weight of, of this, all this stuff on, on me, it, it broke me. And yeah. I, I think, so what I tell people is, you know, you can either come to God the easy way or the hard way. Cause a lot of times it's just going to come the hard way, You're but right. You're right listen to him. Like I could have went to prison and just said, Oh, I'm going to lay here on, on my bed for the next eight years and, and, you know, do nothing. Or 
I followed the, the leading by by going getting a job in the chapel and then realizing, wow, there's a seminary here. Gee, I, I might as well take the, you know. So if you you gotta you gotta listen. And, and and that's if you feel something in your heart that you feel is is leading you to something, bet that's the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, unless it's obviously, you know, not for the good. And and that's what my whole book is about, is we cope with things in a worldly way, right? We're, we're taught that alcohol will solve our problems because we'll forget it, you know, and then that jumps to, to drugs and fentanyl and all kinds, kinds of stuff. Um, womanizing will make you feel better. Gambling, look at all the fun that people have in the casinos, you know, everything will be good. So and as we do these sinful things, we're, we're walking away from God, right? We're out of fellowship with him. And what I like, how I like to describe it is when you have these negative feelings, right? Your, your depression or um, bitterness, anger, it's like a, a, a red light on a, a dashboard of a car, right? You, you see it's a warning light and the, the car is warning you something is going to happen. You look in the book and it says, oh yeah, take it to a mechanic and do this and this and this. I think these negative emotions are just from God, right? Saying, hey, listen, you're out of sync. You need to get back into sync with me. And what we need to do is when we're experiencing depression, when we're saying anxiety, bitterness, anger, we need to go to the Bible and see what the Bible says about it. And that's what my whole book's about is getting back into fellowship with God. And then that healing, that emotional healing will begin. Yes. Yes. I like the way that you said that. Thank you for being so authentic and just laying it down because people need to hear it. People need to just realize you either go to God the easy way, the hard way. Because if you go the hard way, oof, you're gonna you're gonna feel yes the temporary pleasures of sinning. Because let's be honest, when you sin, it feels good for that exact moment. But after that, you're stuck with the guilt and the shame of knowing that you shouldn't have done it. And that's the fact of knowing right and wrong and having your morals aligned and and like and if there are people who are coming into Christianity feeling like you have to be a certain way to be accepted by the Lord. It's not true because if you speak to other people and you speak to their testimonies and you see where God found them and, and saved them, they weren't in the right place. They were at a point of either facing death. They were at a point of facing the devil. They were at a point of acknowledging the demons that they, that wanted to take them. You know what I'm saying? And it's, and I like the fact that you wrote it a book about, facing your traumas but with god you know what i mean because the bible is has so many stories have so many um ways to help guide you in your walk you i don't care how many times you read it every time you read it you get a different perspective you get a different shift of momentum in your direction it literally does not go out of style there's no expiration date when it comes to the bible you can read every type of version of the bible if you want to but it doesn't matter because every time you read it if you call go in with an open heart and willingly to have your spirit translate what you need you know, and that's when, you, like you said, you got to connect with your spirit. You got the Holy Spirit that God has blessed you with is truly something that people don't really tap into. Mm -hmm. And um, with with all of this, do you think your prayer life has gone up extremely? Has 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 gone a little better now? And how important is your prayer life with God now? Oh my God, it's it's instrumental to my my peace. You know, every day. So 
like I said, I, when I came down with this neurological disease, I had 30 surgeries in 10 years and the doctors just kept feeding me all, all the opioids, all the painkillers. And, um, and I started abusing them, but for, for my emotions, not for pain to, to just numb, just, just numb myself. So it was hard getting over that, that addiction, Yeah. but through prayer. So every time that something was going wrong, um, and I thought, you know, I sure like to have a couple of Vicodin right now. I started, started praying and I started thanking him for my family and thanking him for my children and my grandchildren. And once you're in a, a series of, of worship, you can't have those negative thoughts. So you can't think of two things at the same time, right? So when you start that negative thinking, praise, worship, and prayer comes in. And it it's not a prayer of please lord you know just do this for me do this for me it's like just thank you you know yes i i got this disease and my hands are messed up my feet are messed up but i'm alive i can still spend time with my grandchildren thank you even when i was in prison you know the the prayer life was there because people in prison can't do anything right when i i had adult daughters and you know when they when i would talk to them on the phone this and that and this would go on and and normally dad would be there to fix stuff, right? But all I could do is pray. And, you know, within a week or two, things worked out. And I, I think it was the power of God, the power of prayer. You know, it's, um, I started a prayer journal. So everything that I did pray for, so I, I wrote down the date. And, you know, when I look back, I can see, I don't know, 95% of the stuff you know, coming true. But like you said earlier, though, you got to be careful what you pray for, because I met guys in, in in the churches where they say, well, you know, if you have enough faith, you could pray for a red Ferrari and, and get it. And I said, okay, well, what if you get a green Ferrari? Well, then you didn't have enough faith. Wait, that's not true. It's like you said, you have to pray in God's will. And James says that in the Bible, you, you don't at, you don't receive because you don't ask for the right things. So when, when you understand who God is and who he sees us as, we can pray for things like, um, you know, I, I pray that that you fix, you know, you help me get money to fix my car because I need to go to school, stuff like that, you know, but not, you know, Lord, bring bring me a, a new Cadillac and uh, so I'm going to school with. And, and so there are a lot of people misunderstand the Bible and they have a false idea of who God is. And I think that's where the studying the Bible and, and really understanding who he is comes in. And I do a whole Bible study in mind on, on Jesus healing ministry and who he really is and who he sees you as it's kind of like a self-affirmation kind of chapter because a lot of us suffer with low self-esteem and, and we need to stop placing our value on who others think we are so like I I've had a lot of shame coming out out of prison because the culture that I was in was you know if you've committed a crime you're a scumbag it's just just it and now yeah. a lot of those guys that I used to be friends with now consider me a scumbag. And sometimes the devil plays tricks on you and, and, and whispers in your ear saying, see, you're, you are a scumbag. You're no good. You know, God's not going to do it. But when you look at what God says, who you are, <clears throat> it changes everything. Yes. Yes, it does. And I like the fact that you said you were honest about just saying how there's a stigma that comes from coming out of prison. And I think that's the hardest problem with inmates that finally get released. You know, I mean, they they feel this cloud or this label just 
on the back of their on on just on their back, you know, and everybody can see it. But in reality, nobody knows unless they know your story. And the people who know your story and still and still chooses to judge you, that's their choice, and they will get reprimanded with on their own. But as long as you, like you said, like focus and refocus your mind and re and and just start thanking God, you will start seeing opportunities come to you, and and life just just change and evolve in a different way the hardest problem is is getting your mind out of this this comfortability of sorrow you know because in reality we are comfortable being sorrow and having that sadness and just feeling bad for ourselves and feeling unworthy and feeling just un unright and just not not with it and and i like going back to the beginning when you said that you made your own choices and you and you failed but you ended up going to God yourself like I truly believe that God was always with you he just stepped back and allowed you to do it and he didn't allow certain things to happen to you and he still protected you even when you were still on your own and still thinking of your own and and I can admit to that because I've done things when I've I've taken drugs before where it should have killed me. You know, I should have I should have had a totally different reaction the way I did than what than what I experienced. And I can say that God was protecting me through my through my um how do you say my sin my my sin my sinner life. You know, and I think all anybody who feels like they're too much in sin to have God still protect you, like you are living, you are breathing. Even if you are paralyzed and all you have is your voice, use that voice to get out your message and your testimony. Use that voice to, to praise God, to thank God, to, to show that you're still worthy, you know? And I think people don't realize their words and their voice can truly create something so, so beautiful. Um, what is your opinions on that? Oh, I, I totally agree. There were times in my career when um, I came so close to being shot and killed. I, I should I should have been and I you know, I've been shot at and stuff. And I I look back now and I see God in it back then. I just thought it was luck or, hey, this is I, I'm just so good that, that they couldn't get me. Right. But no, God loves you, whether you're a believer or not. He loves you. And all he wants for you is, is the best. And you, we have the choice to say yes or no. I mean, in Deuteronomy, it says, choose now, you know, uh, blessings or curses. And, and, and curses is kind of a, a old-fashioned word, but, you know, choose now whether your life is going to go good or whether, you know, you're just going to do it on your own. And we can't do it on our own, you know, without God's help, we can't do anything. And, and that's why Christian counseling is so different than secular counseling. I went through three years of secular counseling for PTSD, although it helped a lot in certain areas like learning coping mechanisms and things, which is, is great. So I'm not pooing secular counseling, but there was no healing, right? As soon as I started going into this, the Christian counseling, it's basically like a, a spiritual cleansing, right? And once you get back into sync with God's will, that the peace is just phenomenal. I, I can't even explain it, how you just feel, wow, you know? And not yes. that things go great, you know, after that, I still have a, some days that there's stuff hits the fan, 
Yeah. But you look at it through a different perspective, God's perspective, right? You don't look at it through, woe is me, woe is me, why me, God, why, you know, what, you know, what's going on? But you look, okay, so God, what do you want me to learn through this? You know, and it's so, um, I, I don't know, it's so impactful. I wish I could explain it better, but the yes. peace and joy that you will receive once you cleanse all that baggage that we've carried around all our lives, the unforgiveness and, and the bitterness and anger towards people and, and asking people to forgive us for how we've hurt them. You know, it's, it's just a feeling yet that I couldn't really explain, but that's why yeah. I want to write it down because it's so important. Yeah. And I, and I think that's great because it's hard. It really is hard to explain. Like you can't put words to this feeling of just like appreciation and gratitude and just joy. Mm -hmm. And just, it's, it's, is an overwhelming feeling. And anybody who has actually had that moment, then you know what we're talking about because it is personal experience. And I feel like God is a personal God and God is one that truly has personal relationships with any every person that he's seeking out to follow him and and I think this has been such a great conversation Norm thank you so much this has been I, I love speaking about God with other people because it's like having our own little church at the moment and it just fills me up with so much joy because I see God working in other people and I love God working in other people because it just shows that he's alive he's attentive and he listens and I think that's the biggest key that people need to, to remember before we wrap up the show is that you know your own personal prayers that nobody else may know about. And when God is speaking through you, that's when you know because random people will come to you to confront you about the prayers that you said in silence. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I think that's beautiful. So if anybody truly wants to know more about Norman, get out, get his book and get out and just get more information, just reach out because you're you're an inmate and you're trying to find his, your way with God. You know what I mean? Reach out to Norm. I have him on my website. I have his website on mine so that you find his picture. Just click on it and it goes directly there and it's so awesome. But before we officially start wrapping up, is there any last minute words of wisdom that you can leave us off with, even though you already gave us some great, great information? Oh, words of wisdom. Well, since I specialize in trauma, I'm always looking at things through this, this trauma lens. And there's so many people that have been broken. The, the most important thing is asking for help, please. I, I never asked for help. And like you said earlier, it just explodes right it eventually comes out and it comes out in a bad way if you're experiencing something from whatever happened in the past please just just ask for help you know uh go, go a, a, a pastor a chaplain you know a, a christian counselor or just a friend get, get that out you know ex expose it and and the healing will begin Awesome. Awesome. You guys heard it first from Norm. Thank you guys so much for listening and staying tuned. Thank you again for Norm for being on my show. This has been such a pleasure. I truly believe that it's going to help at least just, even if it's just one person, you know what I mean? Even if it's just one single person that you're listening and like, this is for me, well then you know what? Go forward and, you know, move forward with what God has positioned in your heart because only you know what God has for you because he placed it in that Holy Spirit that's that's living in 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 each and every one of us so always 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 keep thinking y'all be safe